Welcome to episode 8. I speak again with my friend Maru Farouk, who is an AI engineer at NVIDIA. Note, Maru's views are his alone and not his employer's. In this episode, we discuss an AI that can tell if a painting is fake. Husband and wife team, and part-time superheroes, Stephen and Andrea Frank have developed a neural network that can assess the probability that a painting, or even parts of a painting, were painted by the supposed creator. Just kidding about the superhero part. They ran their neural network on a newly discovered Leonardo da Vinci painting called the Salvador Mundi, which in 2017 sold at Christie's for a record $450 million. At the moment, it's the most expensive painting ever sold. Would you trust AI to tell you if art you were about to buy was authentic or art that you have bought was authentic? Listen and decide for yourself. Please enjoy my conversation with Maruf Farouk. Welcome to the Super Prompt Podcast. Join me, your host, Tony Wan, as I go under the hood with AI experts, engineers, and entrepreneurs to explore burning questions, pitfalls, and best practices. Whether you're inside the industry or not, I hope to reveal something you haven't yet discovered. We laugh, we cry, we iterate. For early adopters of generative AI. Welcome back, Maruf. I'm glad you're with us again this morning. How are you doing? Doing good, Tony. How are you? I'm doing great. Today, I thought we'd talk about the way AI can help us potentially detect forgeries. I came across this article. It was in the IEEE website. It's about using AI in the field of art, specifically painting. There is a new Leonardo da Vinci painting that surfaced around 2011. It's the first new Leonardo da Vinci painting discovered since 1909. So almost a hundred years where we didn't find a new Da Vinci. And this one apparently is, or allegedly a new Da Vinci that caused quite a stir in the art world. And this painting actually has some controversy. The experts disagree on the authenticity of it. Up until now, the technical analysis has been mostly chemical. They look at the chemical structure of the paint and the pigments and try to do some detective work. This article mentions the use of AI in this field now. And it was about a husband and wife team, Steve and Andrea Frank, who developed what they call a convolutional neural network to help ascertain whether this painting is authentic or not. So maybe... You can help us understand what is a convolutional neural network and how could it possibly be used to determine if something is fake. So convolution, the term convolution comes from the field of signal processing. It's basically a mathematical operation you apply on a matrix of numbers. The first step for this process is that you have a digitized version of the painting itself in high resolution. You basically use this digital image to find out regions 
which are fake or real. The way you do this is by first taking this image, cropping them into small tiles or small regions, and you pass it through this convolutional neural network, which outputs a probability value saying that this particular image patch is done by the artist in question or not. So you can think of this as an image classification problem. In an earlier episode, we talked about hot dog versus no hot dog. This is very <laughs> similar to that. So this is a binary classification problem where the convolutional neural network is trying to understand these uh, unique features about the painting and encoding them within the network itself so that it can come up with this answer whether it is made by the artist or not. It's kind of funny. We went from pictures of hot dogs and now we're talking about Da Vinci's and Rembrandt's and uh, the world of fine art. <laughs> so never would I have thought we would jump from uh, that to here. So if I understand it correctly, the way you would normally solve this problem is you would have 10,000 paintings from Leonardo da Vinci, and you would feed the computer 10,000 images. And if you feed it another one, the AI would be able to tell, oh, well, is this based on these other 10,000 paintings? Is this Leonardo da Vinci or not? Unfortunately, we don't have that many paintings. We have like 20. So you can't do it like a hot dog, not hot dog problem. What you're saying is we make the problem smaller. We, instead of looking at a painting versus painting, we're looking at tiles within a painting. That's how you can feed it a lot of data because you can subdivide the painting into tiny squares. You can give the AI many of these tiny squares. And I was reading that they're not that big. It's anywhere from 100 by 100 or 500 by 500 pixel size tile. And so the data set is all these tiles from paintings that are verified pieces of art. You're getting these tiles from all of his known works, correct? Yes, you'll be getting these tiles from all of his known works. And the data set itself that you're constructing will have images from works that are not from the same artist as well. The negative examples. But the, the tiles, are they overlapping tiles or are they next to each other? You're just splicing it into many different tiles. or The tiles don't have a constraint that they should not overlap. So you find a lot of overlapping tiles within this framework. I mean, are you trying to overlap the tiles? Because that would give you more data if they're all overlapping. Yes, the research tries to overlap these uh, different tiles to get more data. When I read the article... They said they focused on specific regions of the painting. They might focus on the hands or the face versus the background. Can you help us understand like, why those areas might be more important? So the main motivation behind picking up areas with high degree of randomness, I would say, is because that defines some unique characteristic about that painter. The painter spends a lot of time in developing these unique features in those areas rather than, like, let's say, the background of the painting. The background of the painting can be done in a shorter amount of time. But then the details in the actual foreground of that image is what the painter spends a lot of time on and that's where these unique characteristics of a certain artist comes to life 
So the reason behind selecting those areas is because that has the most information with respect to the style of the artist compared to the background. You actually used an interesting word. You're saying more random, right? In those areas, meaning that let's say I have a painting and it's just the blue sky. It's not so random because there's just many pixels of blue in that blue sky. So it's anything that's very consistent, you would say, is uh, non-random. Whereas a face or even a feature of the face, like uh, an eye or uh, hair, because there's a lot of things going on from a computing standpoint, it's more random. Is that what you mean? Right, right. Yeah, it has more information in it. So it's not yeah. just plain and you know boring. So it, is, it has a lot of information that you can learn from. I mean, does the AI know it's looking at a face and is comparing to other faces that DaVinci has done? Is that what it's doing? Or So the way it is working is that it does not understand whether it's looking at a face or like a scenery or tree or the night sky, right? My hunch is that it's looking for these subtle characteristics of an artist in that painting, like how he draws and the color intensities at different spots how he strokes his paintbrush. And again, like it's a black box, we still don't understand what yeah. it's learning actually. But we presume like at least what I've read so far, we have a hunch that it's picking up these unique characteristics of this artist that can help explain why it can work well on, you know, non-face images. So if I were to extrapolate from that, it's looking more at the style, how the artist does what he or she does, not what is specifically being drawn. In theory, yes, that's correct. That's what we hope that the networks are learning, and that's what uh, the results that we see can conform to as well, yeah. So if you're dividing a painting into these tiles, do you just feed it and just say, hey, look, just divide this into 10,000 tiles, the AI figures out which tiles are more interesting than others. With respect to tile generation, it is done in an automatic way based on the IEEE articles. They do take random tiles and they measure something what's called entropy of that tile. Yeah. You know, how random or how much information that has. And they have a set threshold of entropy. If the entropy is below a certain threshold, they discard all those tiles. It's done in an automatic way. So there's no manual intervention there. And those tiles are fed into the convolutional neural network for training and inference. Okay. So you use the word entropy. I take it entropy is synonymous with randomness. Is that right? Randomness. That's the right way to think about okay. it. Yes. So basically more entropy equals more randomness. And so those are the most interesting tiles from a layman's perspective perspective, it has more detailed work. To create that area, the artist would have had to spend much more time there applying whatever technique they're using. If you compare chemical analysis, you look at the pigment, and if this painting was of a specific era, let's say it was done in 1500, you would know only certain pigments were available then. And those pigments have a certain chemical composition. And so if you detect a pigment of a different chemical composition, you can say, okay, well, this is applied later. 
could be because of restoration or it could mean forgery. And so what strikes me is that the technical analysis to date, there's not so much of an artistic aspect to it. A lot of it is chemical composition. A lot of it is dating, just making sure everything in that painting is of that era. They even look at the wood panels to carbon date to make sure it's of that specific time period. But of all the methods, it seems like AI actually gets much more to the artistry. It's almost trying to figure out a style, wouldn't you say? Or am I going taking this too far? I think that's the right way to think about it. It's looking at the style as a whole. It is trying to find similarity and trying to extrapolate. Were you able to find other research papers related to AI in this area of forgery detection? The methods that are used in art are primarily inspired from the medical field. They use something similar. The tiling method that we spoke about, the classification that we spoke about, is mainly done in the medical field where they try to detect cancer and these kind of things in large images. Can you explain how they use a similar method in the medical field? The challenge that they're trying to solve in the medical field is to automatically process high density data and find out interesting patterns that can tell whether the scan or the medical data of a particular person indicates that the person may have an underlying disease like a stroke, like some forms of irregularity in their heartbeats or a tumor, for example. Just to interrupt quickly so I can get the right mental picture. Are these images? Are these x-rays? What exactly is the data? Correct. Yeah. So these are x-rays, 3D scans. 2D scans like x-rays and 3D scans. So this data is fed into a neural network. This neural network classifies whether there is something of interest to look at. Yeah. So in the medical field, it could be straighter forward image classification problem. Certain things look like cancer. You can label the data pretty accurately that way. We just went from medical imaging to the world of fine art in the same algorithms at work. Precisely, yeah. This is one of the fascinating things that you can apply the same research and same techniques in different fields for different applications and get a really good result. Yeah. So let's switch gears. Put on your black hat and you're the forger now. Like we're both trying to forge paintings. If we had this AI, it could help us with our forging right? Because we would forge a Leonardo da Vinci and we would run it through the AI and the AI would tell us based on its analysis how close we are, right? Yeah, that should be possible. We talked about adversarial attacks and these adversarial t-shirts. So we can think about generating paintings from this adversarial network that looks very similar to the painting of da Vinci, for example. <laughs> we could create an image that would fool the AI to say it is a da Vinci that looks nothing like a da Vinci, <laughs> right? If it's just a big blob, but it's using all the da Vinci technique, the algorithm would be like, that's a da Vinci. <laughs> to us, any human eye would know immediately that's not a da Vinci. These AI techniques are very good at defying what is potentially a fake but they cannot determine what is authentic. There's another layer of art connoisseurship that needs to come into play and also provenance. 
So you have to believe forgers are already using AI to kind of just test how good the product is. Right? Absolutely, absolutely. So it means that the forgeries going forward are going to just get better and better. Yeah, interesting. So okay, let's put on the white hat. Let's say we're just trying to be better painters. You know, if you're training to be a painter, it's helpful for you to imitate the style of other painters. So what you can do as a if you're just beginning, if you're trying to hone your painting skills, you paint something in the style of Monet, and then you paint something in the style of Picasso. You can use AI to kind of see how close you got. Right, and you could probably come up with like a numerical score, right? That is something that is possible. You can get a score between zero and one, saying how close you are. Using the tiling approach, where we divide the image into small tiles with high entropy, and finding out how well we did in that area would give a picture of how close we got to the original painter. I'm going to switch gears one more time to a different domain because I'm. I'm fascinated this idea of being able to identify a style. We're going from painting to writing. You could write something that determines if this is Shakespearean writing. So that means you can forge a Shakespeare as well. In the same way you can falsify a visual painting, can you falsify like a literary work? That should be possible to adapt to the writing techniques of a certain writer. and generate text based on his or her style of writing especially if they have a large body of work like a shakespeare again you would need much more than that to create a really authentic fake of shakespeare because you would have to think thematically but at least you can track if there's anomalies particularly when it comes to sentence structure vocabulary yeah it should be possible with any form of art like paintings to writing to music i think there was a music. recent article on completion music completion right you right. know completing the last symphony there so was it beethoven's last symphony was it i think so yeah yeah so you can tell if it's in the style of and that's about as much as it can tell you we started with forgery so there's certain applications there but i'm thinking in terms of learning Let's say I want to write a short story in the style of Stephen King. A bit computer could tell me if I'm mimicking a Stephen King style. Let's say if there's a writer who writes a lot about animals. If I write a story about horses, would AI know that thematically it's in the same vein? So, can a system identify the general theme of writing there's a lot of work around classifying a certain article you know into a genre oh really yeah so right now there is work trying to see if you can classify the genre which means it's a certain kinds of themes certain tropes so there's people trying to figure that out correct yeah so it's again a classification problem this time it is a multi label classification you're trying to attach multiple labels to this particular article For example, hashtags. Right, you use hashtags to promote your post online. Those hashtags are what represent the intention or the content of your post. There are multiple such hashtags that you use in a single post. So similarly for text, if you see a writing, you can have multiple labels. So let's say I'm trying to write in the style of Stephen King. I write one story. It's a story about 
construction workers, but I'm trying to mimic the style of Stephen King. The second story is about ghosts, and I'm mimicking the style of Stephen King. I'm assuming if I write a story about ghosts, it's going to score closer. I think that may not be the case. It's not topic dependent. We're talking about this black box, and you know what uh-huh. this black box learns about Stephen King. And my hunch is that it's not topic related. It's basically the verbs that he uses, the adjectives that he uses, and how he connects them and forms the sentences. Yeah. Right. I so understand. I think that yeah. the black box itself is not aware about the topic. In this case, if you're trying to make it learn the style of this particular artist, it's basically topic agnostic. Because you're trying to get to how they do it, it's probably not good to build in any assumptions on what they're going to be painting, because you just don't know. Like you know, we may discover a really interesting set of paintings from Leonardo da Vinci about sailboats, and he's never painted them, you know. And but you don't want to say score it lower because he's never painted sailboats before. We don't know. Correct. So actually, I've you help me answer my own question is like you don't want to have any sort of. Topic or subject dependency. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Mainly, like just going back to art. You know, you can have oil paintings and different kind, different materials used for painting. So, mm-hmm. the AI itself should generalize and learn these different techniques that the artists use. The interesting thing is that it can correctly pinpoint areas of high uncertainty, saying that hey, this is not from the artist. Where it is not very certain or not very sure, maybe that could end up being the point of focus for forgers to manipulate on. Oh, places where it's unsure of. Explain that a little bit more. What do you mean by that? Sure. Let's take this problem of detecting forgery on a Van Gogh painting, right? We get a new painting and the AI looks at different features and it says 50% of the image I'm not sure about. This is where human intervention can come and help us. Taking this to a parallel topic of medical imaging, we don't eliminate the doctor from the process. AI is sort of used as a tool to speed up the analysis where the doctors can focus on what the AI has flagged and then oh, take a brief look on the other things, right? I, where I, AI is I not see. sure about. You're saying that if there's this AI to help detect forgery, the most powerful combination is if this AI is paired with a human expert and it's just allowing the human expert to focus on areas that it finds the most questionable. So it really optimizes the expert's time to focus in where human judgment is indeed required. Everyone jumps very quickly to a world that's all powered by AI and there's no humans and we're all worthless <laughs> because AI, is, <laughs> AI can do it better than us. But, you know, the most powerful combination is somehow man and machine collaboration. Uh, yeah, you can think of this as tools aiding humans to improve their productivity over time. So instead of spending like days and days trying to identify all the regions that are questionable, you can just focus on those specific regions that have been flagged before. So that is yeah. what adds a lot of value. That's a great point. Okay, Maruf. Well, that's it for this session. Thank you so much for exploring this topic. We went from the world of fine art back to the world of hot dogs, to the medical world, to the literary world. Uh, as you build more of my knowledge, and I'm starting to see how some of the pieces connect. So thank you very much. It's my pleasure, Tony. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for joining us at the Super Prompt Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe to this podcast 
and leave us a five-star review. See you next week at Superprompt.